If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, turn the game again, everybody's gonna lose, and I'm gonna win, gonna get rich quick. And here we are yet again with another fantastic, fabulous, fun-filled, and enriching episode of Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel. And we are here today, as we are every day, with one goal in mind. What get, is that goal? Get you guys rich. That's right. As quickly as possible. As quickly, yeah. It, all parts of that title right here are on, integral. That's right. Right here on Radio Free Brooklyn, we are doing this. Nowhere, well, also on iTunes yeah, and various other podcast destinations. It's a lot of places. But <laughs> if, if you want to catch it earlier... Saturdays at 5. Saturdays at 5 o'clock, guys. RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. How are you, Noel? I am doing pretty good. That's good. Have you had a good week? Uh, yeah, I have, actually, yeah. It was busy, but I had a day off because I have a lot of vacation I need to use because I did not book a whole lot of acting. <laughs> <laughs> and I always hoard my days, and then at the end of the year, I depressingly take a lot of long weekends. Is that what you use your vacation time for? Like the in your yearly plan that you you ho- you hold on to your vacation time for acting for acting gigs and and uh uh, uh what are those things people go on? Uh, auditions? Auditions. No, my my work is actually good with me auditioning. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, as long as I don't schedule it like during a meeting. Mhm. But they're they're pretty supportive. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, and it's great. It's uh-huh. fantastic. Nice. Um I uh had a special day this week. Yes, you did, Josh. It was my birthday. It was. Happy birthday, Josh. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And thank you for all the birthday wishes from all of the Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel fans out there. You were probably pretty inundated with those, right? <clears throat> oh, it was It was amazing <laughs> how many I got. Progress, I'm glad to hear things are going well for you. <laughs> well on your way to your nearer goal. Um but uh, I spent my birthday in kind of a strange place, a place you wouldn't necessarily consider spending your birthday. And okay. That, that, so not Chuck E. Cheese. I was not at Chuck E. Cheese, but I would love to spend my birthday. I think, well, I've spent my I've spent time at Chuck E. Cheese as an adult. It wasn't as good as I thought it would be, actually. Yeah. Um but no, I actually spent it at a funeral. Oh, that's yeah. a <laughs> that's a party. Yeah, it is. I kind of suggest anyone who may uh be reaching middle age uh, <laughs> that they spend one of their birthdays at a funeral. Sure. Because uh, why not? You know, and for someone like me who at, I honestly, at about the age of 13 or 14, um, I started to look at birthdays as just one year closer to death. Uh, spending a birthday at a funeral is kind of a weird experience. Yeah. Um, a, friend's, a friend's parent passed away um, and... Uh, it was all fine, you know. It was a funeral. It was a, 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 a Russian Orthodox or Albanian Orthodox, I guess, uh, uh, mass, which they sing through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it would be just like, "Hello and welcome to Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noah. <laughs> we are here to get you rich as quickly as possible." Oh, uh, we should do some the episodes like that. Entire mass is done like that. Wow, it's a little crazy and so much uh, incense. incense. Yeah. 
everywhere. I mean, it was just sort of like Deb has a has asthma, and she had to like take her scarf and wrap it around her face because she was gonna have like a massive coughing fit. But uh, it was you know it was a funeral and it was sad and it was you know moments were uplifting and all that kind of stuff that one expects at a funeral. But it got kind of awkward because uh, our friend whose mother had passed away had uh, forgotten that it was my birthday, understandably so. Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know my birthday should trump the death of his mother. I mean, all deaths, as a matter of fact, my birthday should trump. Um, but uh, someone mentioned it to him, and he felt really bad in a way that he should not have felt sure. whatsoever. And so unbeknownst to me, at the restaurant where we were having sort of the get-together lunch at, after the meal and the whole thing and the little speeches, he then makes an announcement. Now, I don't know. I know him and a few other people that are like friends of us there, but his extended family, I don't know at all. Mm -hmm. And that's the bulk of the people there, 75, 80 people there. He makes an announcement that it's my birthday and we should all sing happy birthday to Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and people do. Yeah. And it was honestly, I've been in some awkward situations in my life, and this was probably the most awkward situation <laughs> I've ever been in. Yeah, I can see that being a little awkward. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it, I, I had my head hanging down, like embarrassed by the whole thing. And it was very sweet that they did it. But, you know, I can't imagine that people there, especially the old school Albanians, weren't like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Did you get any visuals of anyone like crying while they were singing it? (laughs) Just me. Yeah. The only one. No, no one, no one was crying while they were singing it. That would have been, uh, that would have been great. Yeah. You know, I have a friend uh, from high school and his mother passed away. And uh, his brother, I guess, doesn't necessarily deal with grief the best. <laughs> and um, it, during the wake, he went up to say some words mm-hmm. and decided he was going to turn this day around and propose to his girlfriend <laughs> in front of everyone at the wake. <laughs> Was it an open casket? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I he lives in Canada, and I was here at the time. So, <laughs> how did that uh, how did that go over? Uh, well, it went over well enough that a lot of my friends told me about it. So, <laughs> I don't think it went very well. Did I don't know. She, did she say yes? I'm sure, well, you have to. You know, <laughs> you, 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 you could maybe change your mind later, but you can't. At someone's mother's funeral. If Maybe that's why he did it. Maybe he was concerned that she would say no and he would get a pity yes. <laughs> like, if, I don't know. If, if she says no to me, it'll kill me. Yeah. If I do it now, she's got no choice yeah. but to See, say See, guys, yes. we don't just give you uh, get-rich-quick tips. We also give you life tips. Life tips. Well, you know, wealth is not just about money. No, but it, it largely is. Oh, okay. Yes, you're right. Um <laughs> You know, one thing I got, you know, I will say that I learned quite a bit during this funeral slash birthday of mine, because mm-hmm. I'd never been to an Albanian Orthodox or Russian Orthodox or whatever. You know, I learned that they are not related to the Catholic Church in any way, shape, or form. I learned that their cross is like some kind of weird satanic looking symbol of like to its, 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 you know, the classic Christian Catholic cross is just the crucifix. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a crucifix with another shorter 
cross under uh, line underneath it, and then an, a line on an angle mm-hmm. as well. Which to me, I mean, I I've, I've seen that before and always thought it was some kind of like occult sign. Oh no, that that uh, that slanted line right. is the I N R I. Oh, is that supposed to? Okay, I think so. I didn't realize yeah, that's that. That's the. So what's the second uh, 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 cross board underneath the original cross board? I don't know. Did maybe they, give they them a little have more a, support. Yeah, they they give them a platform. <laughs> he had a back problem. They said, "Okay, we'll do this for yeah, you." Just we, we put a little lumbar. Uh. <laughs> but um, you know, so I learned a lot, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because this is kind of how it ties in today's topic because. Today's topic is... It's education, guys. That's right. And, uh, you know, education comes from many places, takes many forms. Doesn't necessarily mean going to grade school and high school and college and following that pattern. I myself have gone through many forms of education uh-huh. in my life. So I've, have I. Yeah. Grade school, uh, uh, some college, uh, two uh, trade schools, uh and and then uh, I apprenticed for a while as well as a carpenter for a little while because mm-hmm. I still have no idea what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, so some would call that experience. It was all a learning experience sure. from top to bottom on many levels. So, you know, education. There's a lot of ways to make money in education. There is, and I'm sure if any of our listeners have student debt, they know there is a lot of money involved in education. <laughs> there really is a lot of money involved in education. It is a cash cow. It is. Everywhere every everywhere you look. I've always wondered, you know, nowadays with charter schools, I didn't realize this. Anybody can open their own school. And I'm not talking about like, a, oh, I'm teaching classes. You know what I mean? Or I'm giving you like a seminar, a five-day seminar, which anyone can do mm-hmm. as well, which to me is like the real money-making thing because you can be proficient or decent in <clears throat> anything, like how to pick your nose properly. And you could probably sell a three-day seminar for $650 a person and get people to come and, and you know, bring their, their toddlers. And see, see, I was telling you, you don't want to go up and dig in your brain. I want you to get that little bit in the front yeah. or something along those lines. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> you can. it takes about two years to just start a charter school. You don't have to have any education background. You, know, you don't have to uh, uh, have any <clears throat> teaching background. You just have to have the will and a desire and basically a business plan. Mm-hmm. And if you present it and it's okay, you can start your own charter school. Okay, just a hope and a dream, guys. That's all it takes. It's not. It's not that wiki how. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm just wondering what the two years are for. Well, they say it takes about two years to put it. It has to be a pretty detailed business plan. Okay. I mean, it's going to be hundreds and hundreds of pages because it still has to, at least in New York, and I would imagine in most states, it has to get past sort of a. a board of the board of education, and they sort of supposedly go over it with a fine tooth comb. Um, so you know you really have to have your lesson plans, your uh, uh, finances. You have to have like a five year plan laid out financially for mm-hmm. what it is. You have to have uh, a headmaster in place and a business person in place, and then from there, you know, it's whatever you guys work out is your plan. 
but you know so th- apparently the it takes roughly about two years to put this whole thing together all right if you're someone who's got all the time in the world and are like a genius and you can you could probably knock it out and half that or maybe even less maybe you've had it planned in your head for so long that it'll just vomit up on the page and you'll have two three hundred pages of your school right there for everyone to see but you can honestly <clears throat> open a school for anything mm-hmm you know, the the ex- I read examples of a woman who decided that there were no immersive Mandarin schools for her daughter, who's Chinese, right? And she was she was looking; it was important to her. She couldn't find it, so you know what? I'm going to start my own. Oh wow! And she went and did it. Well, and and we recently discussed uh, our get rich quick tip of the week was the woman who was uh, a cuddler, professional cuddler, right. uh-huh. and you had said that she had started up a school for how to. 40-hour certification course. As long as you don't... You can open a school as long as you don't call it a school or a university or give it any sort of title like that. Mm -hmm. You can do it without any kind of certification whatsoever. I mean, that was... You know, Trump University is a good example of that. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was completely not accredited, and he ended up having to change the name. One of the things he did to try and avoid prosecution, which didn't help, but he changed the name from Trump University to Trump Institute of, you know, money making ish stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, he dodged a lot of bullets with that, and he was making a fucking fortune off of that. Oh, thing. I'm sure. Yeah, there's big money in that <clears throat> stuff. There... Did you hear recently about, uh, the company in Pakistan that got busted, and it would it it had a whole ring of fake colleges and degree programs. No, and they were, you know, basically offering degrees for pay, right? And but then they were also going and like blackmailing the people they sold these degrees to <laughs> they I like, were getting paid on both ends of that i like that in pakistan that's referred to as a company <laughs> <laughs> well i'm calling it a company you know it may have been called something different in the article i read but uh but the idea i think that would be a good company to start oh yeah yeah that goes along the lines of our treasure hunting as well <laughs> yeah uh what's your business plan i'm gonna sell something <laughs> And then I'm going to blackmail the person for having bought that thing. <laughs> I mean, I just was was screwing around, and I was just looking up. I went through all of our shows, right, what our topics were, and I found that except for the lottery, and I'm sure I probably could have... I It was difficult to find. I'm sure there's probably one out there, but there were... You could get classes in every single thing that we have discussed. I mean, even the more like ones that you wouldn't think, like treasure hunting. Yeah. You there's a guy uh who's got a treasure hunting school. Okay. And you can go to the Treasure Hunters Academy and see seminars, go to seminars and learn how to use your your metal thing on a stick and uh and pay six hundred fifty dollars. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's bold. <laughs> he really is. So you put your arm in here, you hold the handle, then you turn it on. Yeah. Then you wave it over the sand. When you hear a high-pitched whine, there's something under the sand that you may want to find. Yeah. So I think we have identified a real opportunity in the market here uh, that if people out there 
want to make some money, teach a class in how to win the lottery. <laughs> that's right. That's one thing. Because it's the one thing yeah, that's, exactly. that we couldn't find. I think it would help. I, I, I would imagine it would help if you yourself have won the lottery. You certainly need to market it as as taught by someone who's won the lottery mm -hmm. at least once, if not more than once. And there are secrets to success. Yeah. Because, you know, that's all part of the marketing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, there's got to be some tie in there. Uh -huh. Some credibility. <laughs> credibility in something that is entirely about luck. Yeah. Uh, you know, on a, on a related note to uh, making classes, one of my ideas for the week is drawing on my life experiences. <laughs> and I would suggest to people to start teaching improv or some some types of acting. Uh, <laughs> there's quite a bit of money in it, and you have a very cultish, uh -huh. uh, loyal group it is very that cultish. follow you. Um, if you also have a theater, then y you're you're you know. Well, then you can kind of double dip. I mean, I feel like you're a big part dipping. of anything yeah. is all about double dipping. Yeah, right. It's how do you get them on the hook. And then I'm sorry, that makes it sound like they're fi like these people are suckers. They're fish. How do you get them to trust you and learn what you have to teach, and then make money off of the knowledge that they've acquired from you? Mm -hmm. And so that would be a perfect way to do it. Yeah. yeah. And another thing that a lot of these theaters have started doing uh -huh. is they are running rehearsal spaces too. Wow. So you're paying for classes. Uh -huh. To perform in a theater that is making them money and basically serving as an advertisement for their classes, and then you're paying them to rehearse to be able to do those shows as well. <laughs> you know, and and and, and I, I don't have any grievance against any improv uh -huh. theaters or anything like that. Uh -huh. uh, I, I've been a big fan of it for a long time, uh -huh. but if you look at the business practice, it's a little. Uh, ingenious. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's how do we make as much money as possible over as few uh, off as few people as possible. Yeah. And 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 if you want to teach acting, uh-huh. Uh, one suggestion I would give is put some sort of technology involved in those classes. So if it's an on-camera class or a voiceover class, mm -hmm. you've just like tripled right. your cost. Right. I've done some of those voiceover classes and and you know for one 4 hour 5 hour thing mm -hmm. $250 yeah they bring in a dozen people usually 11 and I mean you know it's a cranking them out man. it's cranking it out cranking and people it are out. lining up yeah I you know it's funny you say that cuz I, I in the process of just looking up to see I was like, why not? Is anyone teaching reality TV mm -hmm. as a class? And there is a guy who has a reality TV school <laughs> in New York where he actually teaches you to be real, only more so. <laughs> uh, what's this guy's name? His name is... Uh, da -da 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 -da. Oh, please let me know him. Please Robert let me know him. Galinsky. Uh, I don't know him. You don't know Robert Galinsky? <laughs> yep. He, he's in New York, and now he's in L.A., Mm -hmm. But it's called the New York Reality TV School. You can look it up. Wow. The more they convey, the moral they convey, be yourself to the max, only more so. Wow. And so there are people out there who don't know how to be as obnoxious as they can be. 
and this guy teaches them. Yeah. You know? It's that, yeah. I mean, so you can choose anything Mm -hmm. without any accreditation, and you can go out there and teach it. All you need to do is find someone who wants to learn it from you. Yeah. Uh, You know, I took an uh, on-camera acting class one time, Uh and I really did not enjoy the teachers. Okay. Um, But it was very useful seeing yourself back on camera. You know, you, you see a lot of things that you're doing that you're not quite aware of. So I tried to get a few friends together to run our own on-camera acting workshops. Mm-hmm. And while I was getting these people and trying to get them a little motivated, I was... <laughs> it's always a problem, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. With actors, it sure is. Uh, but I was I was trying to get them motivated, and I kept stressing how this class I just took was boiled garbage, basically, Uh and it costs so much money. And I think I did too good of a job getting this point across because then one of the guys decided that he was going to try to turn this workshop that had never even happened yet Uh into a business to try and charge other people. And I was like, no. And the whole thing ended up going the way of the dodo. I thought you were going to tell me that he took this idea and then he made became like a gajillionaire. No, but he, I do know that he was teaching right. uh, later on. It doesn't, you know, I, I mean, it, it, with anything, I remember going to, when I was chefing, I'd met this guy who was Thai, and he, he was a junk shop guy on my block. He had, he was, he was, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. He was this little gay Thai guy who talked like this. <laughs> he really did. I'm not. Uh, you can call me racist, whatever. But this is what he told me. Just so good to see you. Uh-huh. And his name was Suwat, and uh, he 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 purred all the time. And he, you know, he would tell me about. He apparently came from a lot of money back in Thailand, and he lived in a. It, but he lived in this like junky little. Uh, uh, studio apartment in New York City and he had this junk shop on my block. I mean it was literally it was 300 square feet packed mm-hmm. with garbage and you'd go in and you'd pull stuff out and you'd be like how much do you want for this suit? And go oh, $5 jug. <laughs> I like you so much. And he would tell me all about his wife and his kids back in <laughs> in, in in Thailand. Um and uh he was like I'm doing a cooking school now, Josh. And I said, "Are you Suwat? That's really interesting." And I've known I'd known this guy at that point. Like I met him when I was a teenager. It was my first recollection of meeting him, and it didn't change. He looked exactly the same the entire time that I knew him. And he was doing this Thai cooking school at his friend's apartment, charging a hundred and some odd dollars a person. And I was cooking. Southeast Asian food. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll learn something. Yeah. I went there. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. He had, just fr- by force of personality, knowing all the ladies on the block, right, that he got them all convinced. There were like 14 people there. 
And, you know, he had never even done it before. There was no presentation value. You know what I mean? There was no, like, he didn't even really demonstrate the cooking. He just had stuff prepared, and he would explain what it was and then serve it to you. Mm -hmm. right? And it wasn't even like a dinner. It was like, you know, this is this egg dish, and it looks like noodle kugel for the Jews out there. Mm -hmm. You'll know what that looks like in a tin. And then you're eating, and it's like, wow, that's a really overcooked omelet with a lot of sugar in it. You know All right, I mean? so people out there, don't feel like you need to— take the time to learn a, a, a trade to be able to teach it. Right. You don't actually need to know anything. You just have to convince people you know yeah, stuff. You need, yeah, exactly. You just need to know how to get people to sign up for your class. The other thing you can do, and this is taken directly from the Donald Trump University, mm -hmm. um, is what they did is all of their teachers, I put in quotes, because they weren't actually teachers. They didn't know anything about business. A lot of them were motivational speakers. Uh, speakers. Uh, they would get sales. Uh, they had a whole layering system, a multi-level marketing system where they would tease you with information to get you to spend more money to buy the next level of classes or books or tapes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so people would go like fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 in debt. Because they offered financing as well. Of course. So they were getting them on, on all ends. And so you can do that as well with whatever your thing is. If you're teaching like how to drive a riding mower, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, you can start with, well, you put it in gear. Well, how do we put it in gear? Oh, well, you need to come to this next class. And I can actually, I have some handouts that you can buy from me. Oh, you don't have the $75 for the handouts? Give me 25 and we'll finance the other 50 mm -hmm. at, you know, 6 7% or 25%, whatever you want. It's up to you. There's nothing really regulating that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, if I were to teach a class on how to reach out uh -huh. and get in touch with Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel and maybe give us some feedback, suggestions, uh, rules to judge our schemes by or anything like that— it would really be a simple class. I would charge you quite a bit of money for the class, but then I would tell you, reach us at Twitter at GRQ Josh Noel. Uh huh. You can email us at GRQ with Josh and Noel. Now you can look at our Facebook page, which is Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. We've been having several people liking uh, some of the comments on Facebook. We have, we have quite a bit actually, and uh, people that aren't friends or related to either of yeah, us. Yeah, it's very exciting <laughs> in a weird and interesting way. A lot of fast food workers I've noticed. Uh, there's been several I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whenever I see a new person that I've never seen before. You go before, on their profile, Yeah, right? I try and to take a look out. and see who they are. <laughs> yeah, one is a subway artist, sandwich artist, subway sandwich artist, I yep. think they call themselves. The other, uh, uh, another one works at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And they have the right idea. You don't let anything keep you down. They're strivers. Yeah, exactly. They want to get rich. And exactly. That's why they're listening to us. You don't have to work your way up to the top. You go from the bottom to the top. <laughs> <laughs> Just skip one step. all that stuff. That's right. Um, you know, and on that note, I think it may not be a bad time to do a little, you know, we've added a new thing. Uh, where we've been doing the show long enough now that we really think there are people out there that are using our uh, ideas. Yeah. Um, there are examples that we've called from the interweb. There was the guy who was selling three leaves for $20 of fall foliage. <laughs> he was. Um, no, is. I would imagine still is. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's fall. Um, it's fall. Uh, you know, so there are people that are taking or, or using us for inspiration. I don't think... 
that you guys, I'm assuming, hoping that you guys are on your way, but you're not at that point yet. You're like waiting till you're making the massive dollars to start sending us our money. Because yeah. we don't want this like, oh, I made $500, here's your 50 bucks. Yeah. No, we want like, oh, I made $500 million, yeah. here's your $5 million. Here's your $5 because right. 10%, guys, that's the agreement we have. Right. You got rich with our ideas, just give us 10%, right. tithe us. Right. So, but for... Little more inspiration for you. What we've come up with is we've decided not only we give you tips on how to make your money, but you're well on your way to making that money. So how are you going to spend that money? Yeah, right. And That's so good. here's uh, thinking. It's uh, I don't know what we call it. We call it the how to spend money tip of the week. That's right. How to enjoy your riches. Yep. Brought and, to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. And so uh, here's our spend your money tip of the week. So many billionaires have their own Gulf Stream. Oprah has one, Larry Ellison has one. It's the ultimate status symbol. Just ask internet billionaire Mark Cuban. He bought this state-of-the-art Gulfstream G550 in 2005 for $42 million. Where most people are worrying about everything that, that might come up, I'm flying somewhere fun. I'm on my way to Vegas. You know, if I get a wild hair and we want to go to dinner in New York, or LA, great. Cuban's Gulfstream G550 has a full-time pilot, wood imported from the Ivory Coast, 24-karat gold cup holders, and state-of-the-art technology, all customized to Mark's specifications. The nice thing about having billions of dollars is that you get to do what you want, where you want, how you want, when you want. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, and, and when I die, I want to come back as me. When you're lucky enough to have billions of dollars, mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, wherever you want. That's why we're here, guys. When I die, I want to come back as me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there really anything more to aspire to? Yeah, well, the, and and you have 24 karat gold <laughs> cup holders. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't need that yeah. in any way, shape, or form? Yeah, and... If you fall behind on your payments, as we discussed a couple uh, weeks ago, <laughs> repossessing that jet, uh huh, ten to ninety thousand dollars. Right. So you could, you know, what would be interesting is you could repossess your own jet. Oh, uh, that'd be great. If you were, if you were someone <laughs> who made your gajillions, yeah. repossessing, and then you fell behind on payments. Damn, I need some cash. I'm repossessing this bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hijacking yourself in midair. Yeah. That would be that would be great. I'd love to hear that story. That'd be fantastic. News. Fantastic. Uh so, you know, looking at other ways to get rich quick with education. Uh-huh. I uh followed the inspiration of Tom Tenney, one of the proprietors of proprietors, I cannot speak well. Founders. Founders okay. of Radio Free Brooklyn, who just put out a an ebook about how to start an internet radio station. Wow. Yeah. So I figured if these titans of industry are doing this, they can't be wrong. Right. So I looked into textbooks. Wow, yeah. Uh and there's quite a bit of money in textbooks. Uh one gentleman who had a blog about writing textbooks. Mm-hmm. And his own experiences with writing textbooks. 
said that uh, if you write a textbook, a college textbook, because there are price constraints on high school textbooks, but not on college textbooks. Well, that's why they charge like $150 for a fucking textbook. Exactly. Uh, the, the difference is a high school, the state has to buy those books. Right. And in a college or university, the professor just decides what books everyone's going to have to buy. Right. So there's no price constraint in that decision making. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you write a college textbook, standard what to expect would be in your first year of sales, you'd get $375,000 about. What? Yep. Um, and uh, as a textbook author. Yes. Yeah. You get about 10%, 10 to 15%. That's amazing. Um, and it goes down every year uh -huh. because of people buying used books. Okay, right. So, But over the run of three-year run of a book, uh, you can expect to make somewhere in the neighborhood of $735,000 for that edition of that book. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. But then the real key is is there's obviously got to be some payola you need to work on to get these professors to want to use your book. Uh, sure. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, just to guarantee. Like, you know, not every professor, like, if you could set yourself up in a situation, I imagine you could make even way more money than that if you got every professor around the country to use your textbook. Mm -hmm. as Well, not every, but within the field that you're writing about. Um, <clears throat> to use that textbook as one of their textbooks, you could probably make a million dollars easy in the first year. Yeah, well, uh, you know, a lot of this blog also did deal with um, deciding exactly what to make your textbook of. Right. And uh, getting the publishers on board. So then if, if you can find something that you're taking a new approach to something that's already out there, right. or you can find a whole of this isn't out there, mm -hmm. uh, the publishers are going to be doing a lot of the promoting for you. Oh, right. Of course. So they don't recommend that you put out an ebook on your own, self-published, <laughs> and try to, try to get uh, the professors to do that. Because no. that, to me, seems like the way to do it. Yeah. Just because all that money goes in your pocket. Yeah, but then you don't have you don't have the big guy. You don't have the, the doors for no, you. I got you. I understand. Uh, but I also looked at you know three hundred seventy five thousand dollars or seven hundred thirty five thousand dollars. Great, that's fantastic. Yeah. But how do I bump that up? Uh huh. Right. Uh, and I found uh, something on the internet where there is a gentleman who is accusing a textbook company of. Being on the payola of GMOs and putting pro-GMO propaganda in children's uh -huh. textbooks, uh -huh. uh, which sounds great to me, you know? Uh, so basically, you <laughs> go ahead, put some like product placement, right, product placement. in your textbook mm -hmm. and... You know, get some get some scratch get some for extra that. Scratch. You could easily, if you're going to have a textbook that's going to be running around for th at least three years. Yeah, right. That's a lot of young, impressionable minds. Yes, that you can get in on. I mean, it would not seem untoward of me to ask for two, three, four, maybe even five million dollars for product placement on this situation. Yeah. Okay. So now we're up to about 
five or six million dollars that we've right. made with this, but how do we get more? Okay. Uh, so there's a giant market in used textbooks now. Uh-huh. So if you go and you bulk buy textbooks at the end of the school year. Okay. And then sell them, hold, just hold on to them, and sell them at the beginning of the school year. Mm-hmm. It's a massive price difference. Right. Right? Because they're flooded the market at the end of the school year. It's a bunch of Yahoo kids who Yahoo don't kids. know what a dollar's worth, nope, who are just trying to dime. get enough money to go out and get a pizza and some beer. <laughs> a condom. Yeah. Uh, and and then at the beginning of the school year, you're making money. Yeah, they got they got pockets full of mom and dad's money. Right. You need to offer, as I recall, and I was only in college for a very short period of time. But I, as I recall, the uh, school bookstores will buy back your books from you at a very reduced rate from what you paid for them. Yes, they will. Um, so you obviously have to give. I guarantee you, if you even offered like five bucks more, if you set up a table on campus and just offered five bucks more a book, you would because these kids, what is what's five bucks is a, is a slice and a soda for them, right? Well, that's and, a big deal. And and things are a lot different now than when you and I went to school. Are so, they? oh yeah, sure. It, everything now is online. Oh right. And so that's true. These kids are selling their books, their used books online, mm-hmm. and there's there's. People that are making a lot of money buying these up and then holding on to them and then selling them online again uh, at the beginning of the school year through Amazon and wow. things like that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So now you've now you've written the book. Yeah. <clears throat> you've sold product placement in the book. That's right. You've sold the book, obviously. Yes. You're buying the book back and then you're reselling it. You've really you 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 you've taken full ownership. You are living the circle of life, Hakuna Matata. Yes, with your textbook. Yeah. Uh, what what do they call that when they uh, a a restaurant that snout to tail is it farm to table, nose to tail, nose to tail. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. We've eaten every part of this animal. That's right. <laughs> of this of this textbook. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually. When the textbook is no longer in use, you just amend it a couple, a few things, yeah. and then release it as a new edition. Yes, you do. You could go a long time like that. I mean, even if you just cycle that every five years, let's say, mm-hmm. you release a new edition of the textbook, you add like two or three pages of just additional bullshit, mm-hmm. you know? You can sell new product placement. Mm-hmm. You can then get the big bump up in sales for that first year and every year, you know, after that, obviously. Sure. And uh, then buy them back and resell. That is quite a, I mean, you can go one book with the occasional amendment every five years. That could last you a lifetime. It could. It could. That's amazing. So, what's your textbook going to be on? Oh, man. <laughs> Getting rich, probably, right? <laughs> we should, you know, I mean, we are teaching people we are. here. I mean, this is what they're here for in education. Well, and we're sharing. So we're, we're learning with them. We are learning with them. That's true. We are educating ourselves and then passing that information on. Yeah. Right? We're not experts in any given field that we, we discuss. It, it's like the human centipede. 
but with money and knowledge. It really is. And I I don't want my mouth on your ass. <laughs> I don't. I'm very fond of you, Noel, but I don't want my mouth on your ass. Um, you know, on that note, with things that people can learn from us. Okay. As we do every week, we have our segment. Uh, well, yeah, our Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. Every week, we have a topic for our show, and we teach you how to make untold millions with that topic. And then we also have, as you just heard a little peek of uh-huh. right there, uh, another topic that we just have a quick little burst of knowledge. Burst of knowledge. Yeah. And as you always say... If you don't have time to listen to the whole show, you find the tip and you listen to that. Yeah, just takes a minute. Just takes a minute or less, sometimes 30, 40 seconds. Yeah, you go out and you make your millions. Right. And then what do you do with all that leisure time that you've earned now that you're sitting there with your solid gold cup holders? Uh huh. You go back and listen to the rest of the episode and make even more millions. When you have all that time in your plane. Yeah. Just feed it in on the Bluetooth. Uh, so today's Get Rich Quick tip of the week is a good one. Uh, I was inspired by conversations we had last week uh, regarding urine and feces. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we go. Judy and her husband Sam are urine farmers. They collect and sell undiluted whitetail buck urine. Hunters use it as a lure. And before you dismiss it as gross or too weird, consider that a typical urine farmer stands to gross 93000 to 303000 per deer per year. Their collection room is a two-story barn where the deer stay at night, allowing the urine to drip through grates from the top floor into a waiting vat. It has stainless steel floors that are hosed daily with high-pressure hoses. Every morning, the urine is taken into a walk-in refrigerator and bottled. No preservatives are used. Their most popular item, Mrs. Dopey's Special Blend, sells for forty ninety nine per eight ounce bottle, and that's the Mrs. Dopey's Special Blend. Yeah, I feel like you could do much better for yourself if you come up with a better name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love this one. It's a good one. That's isn't fantastic, it? man. Collecting You're piss. a genius. Collecting. I'm a genius. I wish I was the genius who realized that I could make a fortune. If you kept just a couple deer mm-hmm. in your house at night, they can run free during the day. Keep them in your house at night. You can also they go through as so far as to uh, collect deer estra, ester, estro. I don't know, which is w- basically when the deers go, the female, the does go into heat. Okay, they give off a scent. So for hunters to attract bucks, sure, they they just spray a little bit of this doe ester. I think yeah. it's called, or just for fun, right? <laughs> You're going out on the town, spray a little on there. You know, uh, how much do you think uh, doxador? Uh, urine would go for. <laughs> um, I'm giving it away for free right now. <laughs> I, I, uh, when we first got him, we were collecting quite a bit in the house. Okay. Now he just he give he he's happy to 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 put it all over the city. Every place we stop, that leg is coming up, and he's peeing on it. Okay, so I, he's he's putting out the word. He's getting he letting is. people know that it's there, and then and then at some point. You turn on, the, you start charging for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know how many female doxadors there are out there that people want to attract mm-hmm. to uh, to uh, to hunt, 
hunting doxadors isn't a big thing as I understand it. No, but, but they're pretty cute. They're adorable. Yeah. Can you imagine having that little head just stuffed and then you don't have to deal with his sort of craziness <laughs> jumping on you and tongue raping you and you just have his little head up there and you can look up and be like, oh, Herschel, you're so cute. Yeah, Hers Herschel does like to jump all over you and basically try to stick his tongue in your mouth. He does. He's fucking, <laughs> he will tongue rape you. Yeah. That's what he does. That's uh, part of his charm. He's a pretty cute dog. He's a very cute dog. Yeah. He's a very cute dog. I mean, you know, you could also, I did find, I will also say, mm -hmm. just going through the schools that I found that are out there, a dog walking school, not to learn how to dog walk, but to learn how to create your own dog walking business. Oh, okay. Which, uh, you know, you do learn how to dog walk as, as well. There are, they do a series of things. It's a company called Dog Tech, and their business is to help yours succeed. So for $650 for a three to four day, depending on location, uh, uh, class, it's an intensive four-day dog uh, day workshop leading to professional dog walking certification. Okay, but I would assume that also includes uh, getting your pet tech license, which is a pet tech license is you're trained in how to uh, give animals medicine and care for injured animals? No. Oh, really? No. For $650 for four days? Are you oh, kidding me? That it, would jack it up to that. I guarantee you, if you offered that, you could get $1,000 for the four days. This, you want to know what you get? They list what you get. What you get professional dog walking certification, um, certification seals for marketing. Uh, 24 CPDT CEUs, that's continuing education credits. I don't know what CPDT, it's certified pet, dog, blah, blah. Um, a continental breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Power snacks and a copy of The Business of Dog Walking. Wow. You will learn pack management, dog communication and body language, aggression in all its form you learn to be aggressive in all its form well, you got to be the alpha yeah exactly basic training dog screening pubic relations it's actually a typo um <laughs> client and dog screening i like that it's client and dog screening like you will get learn how to see the the owner of the dog and be like oh i don't want to fucking deal with this person oh, sure sure I, I would imagine a lot of people um Marketing, increasing profits, profits, legalizing your business like it's marijuana. I don't understand. It's like because dog walking is legal. Um, you know, this is located in 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 California, so there may be uh, something going on there that you're required to have these certifications to be a dog walker. But uh, yeah, I'm telling you, it it we got a lot of good ideas for this one. I mean, <laughs> we do. It really is just about, there was, a, I remember, and I, I remember doing a couple of them. There were, oh, what was the name of the, the company? They would do classes, right? And it would be basically lectures. That would be one day. Sometimes you would bay and it would be once a week for four or five weeks. And it was all, they uh, build themselves as sort of an adult education facility. Yeah. Um, and they would have, you know, they got to the point where they would actually have pretty famous people. And this is where Trump sort of started his thing. It was called like the Learning Center or something like that here in New York. 
where you would go in and you would pay a substantial amount of money mm-hmm. to just hear these people speak. And you would, you know, you could ask questions and the, the classes were limited to like 15 and they had a building. They had the whole thing. And I don't know why it disappeared. It's... I do. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I feel like that's something... Because if anyone's not familiar with this, it was all classes of like how to pick up women, how to... There were stuff like that. Make an omelet, how to right. organize your files. Uh I feel like that's all been replaced nowadays with just YouTube videos right, that someone true. could put out on that topic. That's true. That that kind of stuff. But they did have stuff like, I mean, Donald Trump used to be a speaker there, and it was like, how do you become a millionaire in, in real estate? Yeah, listen you to know? us. Well, yeah, just listen to our first show, <laughs> yeah. and 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 Duh. you know our podcast has clearly replaced Donald Trump, yeah. thankfully. Um, You're going down, Donnie. But they they would also have like you know. Uh, who they they oh what was it not John Kerry but another white guy who was a senator for a long time who oh. now heads up the New School, um and he did one of these classes on on uh, uh public speaking or something like that okay you know so so they had gotten to the point I think they realized there was a point there where they realized well people can find this kind of stuff for no money somewhere else how do we bump it up so let's get people who yeah high may, profile right high profile may actually be experts in, in the absurd thing I, I would love it if they had like someone like him donald trump come in and how to make an omelet <laughs> just he's high profile yeah <laughs> just got him coming in to teach you how to make an omelet yeah so you know you can take i mean i'm not going to tell you what it is that you think you're proficient in whatever it may be, but you can take that knowledge and you can turn it into gold. Yeah, you sure can. In in anything. Right. It, that, that's the thing. It's broad. It can be anything. It really can. You can be like, you know, I know how to sew buttons on shirts really well. You can do a one-day class. Because I guarantee you, my wife would take a button shirt sewing class. She sure. can't. She likes to sew. She can't sew a button to save her fucking life. I I, I think, and we we kind of touched on this when we were saying, you know, instead of just an acting class, teach an on camera class right. or a voiceover class. As long as you make your class specific, right, you can get people in there. You know, mm-hmm. don't teach a photography class. Teach a how to set your aperture class. <laughs> <laughs> or, or something like right. that. How to take photographs of your baby class. Oh, yeah. That would be huge. Right. How to use the video setting on your iPhone to shoot feature films. Mm-hmm. Anything, you know, it, you're right. I think specificity is a key. Yeah. Is a key. We should teach a podcasting class. Yeah. The, those people in our, in our tip of the week weren't just selling pee. They were selling deer pee. That's right. <laughs> Anyone Specificity. Can sell pee. Yeah. Anyone can sell pee. It, the pea farming market is becoming huge in Africa, where rabbit pee, because rabbits, they don't need as much space to grow. So there's all these guys farming rabbits for meat mm-hmm. and for, I don't even so much for the fur, but for meat. Um, but they're also using the pea. We had discussed this in our energy segment briefly. We touched on it. But pea is being used as a fertilizer. Yeah. And so they are now, because fertilizer in Africa is now becoming so expensive that they are selling this this bunny urine to fertilize crops. <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, here it's not a lot of money, but there they're making a, a fortune. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I have a couple of friends that live in Lexington, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to live in Chicago. Um, 
and you know Lexington, Kentucky is horse racing capital of the world, right. basically. Uh, and they at one point went to some really fancy schmancy, high profile uh, party, you know, where he had to get very dressed up uh-huh. for, and it was the mating of prize winning horses. <laughs> And there was a, a little grandstand uh-huh. where all these people in suits, sipping champagne, watched as these horses were like very controlled in right. how it happened. Uh, the had sex, mm-hmm. which costs apparently like hundreds of thousands of dollars for an attempt. Right. And when completion happened, apparently. <laughs> They had uh, just a bunch of, and this is how it's described to me, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, little Mexican dudes uh-huh. with Dixie cups uh-huh. run out in their hands and try to get any of the drippings to be frozen right away uh-huh. because it did cost so much. Right. And they were just like, what the hell are we watching? Like, <laughs> I feel like this, like they used to do this with slaves. Oh. And no, I really like, and, and then they couldn't do it anymore. So what do we, let's watch the expensive horses do it. Like this seems like a twisted white person thing. Oh like, yeah, this is definitely, something that only definitely. rich white people do. Yeah, let's get dressed up, have cocktails, and watch horses do it. We're not. We may, there may not even be Inception. We're just watching. Like what we're basically doing is watching a hundred and fifty grand get dumped in a horse's vagina. Yeah. Well, and, and apparently what it was, it was something like uh, just for one shot. Was like 150 grand, uh-huh. or you could pay like 300 grand, and you'd get a guaranteed pregnancy. Right, because they do the whole medical thing, and and it's they don't actually have them have sex. No, well, no, they would have it. Just oh, it didn't take. Okay, we'll come back over and we'll do it again. Oh, really? So they'll bring the horse back and do it that way. I believe so. Yeah, because you know they collect horse jasm. Well, that's what I'm saying. These dudes were going right. out with with right. No, but Dixie they actually cups. they actually do things where they they have these. Units that look like rifle carriers, these leather things that have big scumbags in them, uh-huh. um, using the actual literal term for scumbag, where they get the horse aroused, they put a fake horse up there with with Mayor Esther on it, um, th- the horse mounts... They move it away. They jam this big thing on. There's two guys who hold this sleeve. The horse goes at it, releases his... Jasm. Then they take it and they freeze it and they sell it to. Oh, they don't just collect it and trade it. (laughs) (laughs) Like cards. Yeah. (laughs) Like cards. And then they do it. uh, You know, they do all the stuff via uh, 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 in vitro fertilization. Okay. For a guaranteed, basically the equivalent of a guaranteed uh, pregnancy. Uh, So I think we're about wrapping up at this point. Sure. Uh, we covered a lot of ground here, and, and you know what? I feel like with this topic, we could have covered. The, the, it, it's endless how many opportunities there are here. Yeah, there's tons of opportunity in education. The only thing you will not make money in education as is an actual educator. Yeah, you if you are a teacher, particularly in the public school system Ugh. in this country, you won't make a dime. Yeah, and they're they're even trying to. Get them lower and make sure none of them are union. Right. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and private school educators forget about it. They make even less money because they're not union. Yeah. So to you guys, you're clearly not doing it right. Yeah. I don't know what you teachers are thinking. Oh, you want to help the youth of our 
country. Fuck that. Yeah. Help the youth of our country by teaching them how to get rich. That's right. Be an example. That's right. Uh, so uh, every week we take our schemes and we hold them up against knowledge culled from the internet of rules to get rich quick. Uh, and we see how well we did. So this week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn, where do, we, do our rules come from? Our rules today come from the 21 rules of the rich, and, well, they are the 21 rules of the rich, and how you can uh, emulate them from bold and determined. So already you know this is going to be ballsy. Oh, yeah, bold and determined. That's what you need to be. Testosterone-filled. Oh, rules. yeah. I've noticed that there are rules that are just pure testosterone rage <laughs> rules as, <laughs> as we've gone through this. And you can immediately tell by the title of the website. But so here we go. Number one. Average people think money is the root of all evil. Rich people believe poverty is the root of all evil. Okay. Uh, I I don't know how to interpret that. That's a statement of philosophy uh, or something. Yeah, but it's a rule. They think of it as a rule. They're all kind of statements. Here we go. Average people have a lottery mentality. Rich people have an action mentality. Yeah. If you're going to open your own school... You are all action. Mm-hmm. You are not, I'm going to win this. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to win at it. Yeah. Right? So, okay, we're two for two. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> we're just giving them to ourselves right. this week, I guess. <laughs> Average people long for the good old days. Rich people dream of the future. Okay. I mean, what is... Education is nothing. Yeah, here's here's my problem with the rules uh, so far that uh-huh. we've covered, is it's... Poor versus rich. Right. And, and our show is about going from poor to rich, so we embody both sides. We do. You're absolutely right. And 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 it is very much poor versus rich. This is the tone of of of, of all of it. And it originally it said poor. Now they're they they work it into average. Okay. Normal people. But I think one of the things we're trying to do is inspire people to be better than what they are. Mm-hmm. Like a Robert Kiyosaki for ant for example. Okay. So um, you know, uh here we go. Here's okay, one more. One. Uh, rich people use other people's money. Okay, I think that's a, I think that's certainly what you're doing when you open your own school. We sure do. All right, so we're four for four. Why yeah, we we'll call not? it that. I guess right. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, we learned we need to stay away from the testosterone fueled uh, yeah. <laughs> rules of rage, yeah. of put down and judgment. Um, <laughs> that's what they were. They, they were, were no. You're they absolutely rules. right. They were, they were judges. <laughs> they were. <laughs> this is why I'm better than you. That's what those were. Right. You're average because. Yeah. Um, so w- we do know it was very clear. You're going to become super rich. Yeah, you sure are. Doing this. And uh, so as always, Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel. We'd like to mention really quickly, we have a new logo. We do. And it's beautiful. It's fantastic. It's professional. It's fantastic. And it was done for us by uh, the talented and very kind Aaron Morishita of Aaron Morishita Associates. You can find them on the web if you're looking for a logo done for your podcast yeah. or show or whatever. He did whatever. a great job. He did it great. He was super professional and super nice. So check him out. Aaron Morishita. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Um, and as always, uh, thanks for listening to Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel. And uh, don't spend a- all that knowledge one place, guys. And Herschel underscore the underscore Doxador. And that. <laughs>